you're okay with going to Lambeau Field in the playoffs because boy, I am not. Ben's overcooked. Take him out the oven. I was going to say, you know those shirts that people get at places that say, I survived whatever? You need one that says, I survived Jameis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Expansion Buddies podcast. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, partner in crime, Justin Wright. How's it going tonight, Justin? Woo, let's get hype. It's podcast time. I'm doing pretty good, Jared. <laughs> Uh, you are you are surprisingly hyped for what we're going to be talking about tonight. Draft bus. Draft. Man, I am hype. Oh, draft failures on our two teams this part. Uh, we took the liberty of doing research on our team's top five or who we believe our top five draft busts uh, in our franchise's history are. And I think we're going to, I think by the end of this discussion, we're both going to be pretty sad and have a dismal outlook on how our teams do come draft time (laughs) but uh before we get into that do we want is there any sports news we really quickly need to get out of the way uh before we get into some other uh not topical stuff um i'm sure there's a lot but i want to say you know i'm really glad aaron donald did not assault that man true uh that story worked itself out rather quickly um uh, mistaken identity <laughs> almost had Aaron Donald in trouble, but it was not him. In fact, I think, what did I read? He was actually trying to break up the fight. Yeah. He, um, he showed him video in, in what looks like trying to break up the fight and get people out of, or stop it. And yeah, well, good, good news. Uh, still not great that there was a fight to begin with, but good news that Aaron Donald is not a guilty party there. So uh, that's, that's, that's good. Uh, I guess I'll just do it now. Get my shout out out of the way. Uh, other pretty big time news. A uh, shout out to Alex Smith who announced his retirement this week. Yep. That uh, was going to be my shout out as well. Yeah. I think that was a pretty safe bet for shout outs this week. Uh, what a career the guy had, you know, maybe never put up the huge popping numbers, but I I'd challenge you to find a more inspirational NFL career mm-hmm. than Alex Smith. Uh, the things he was able to do, for the 49ers for Kansas City but especially coming back after that horrible injury and uh, helping get Washington to the playoffs just a really good feel-good story all around so uh, kudos to him on retirement a well-earned retirement and uh, yeah shout out to Alex Smith shout out to Alex Smith indeed Uh, As far as other big sports news, I really, I don't think there's anything huge going on unless we really care about European soccer because that whole Super League's falling apart pretty quick. (laughs) Um, not enough to talk about. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, We'll just leave it at that. All right. Well, I think that's the big news for the week. Uh, Do you want to just jump into this whole draft bus thing? Let's do it. Uh, Who wants to go first? We're going to start at five and count them down and we'll we'll alternate here. So do you want to talk about Tampa's number five first. Yeah. Um, so my number five, which in doing research online, I mine is definitely different than some people's. Um, a lot of people put this as number one. I put it as not number one because in in the sense of a da- draft bus, he was only really a draft bus for the Buccaneers. And that's Bo Jackson. Yep. And you might be, cons- you know, I think a lot of people are going to be like, Bo Jackson, man, he's like the best two-sport athlete ever. Um, and yeah, absolutely. But he was drafted in the first round by the Bucks, but there was a bunch of um 
things that were all screwy. Basically, before the draft, um, he took a trip with the Buccaneers and was lied to about his eligibility um, for college bet or baseball um, by some of the people in the Buccaneers front office. Um, and it, <laughs> it, it screwed with his eligibility. And basically he said, when he found that out, if you draft me, I will not play a down of football for you. Yikes. Drafted anyway. Um, kept his word. He was going to make about $7 million on a five-year contract with the Buccaneers and opted instead for a $1 million contract for three years with the Kansas city Royals. And yeah, his Royals career uh, went pretty well Mm -hmm. as did his uh, future career with the Raiders in football. Uh, Yeah. I know uh, that Bo Jackson was one of your guys' draft. uh, It's weird to say bust, like you said, because he obviously had a very successful career, but a draft flub up on your guys' part for sure. Yeah. I mean, using a draft pick on someone that doesn't even play any football for you is something I would consider a bust. Even if big time, you know, he ended up going and uh, entering the draft at a later point and got picked up by the Raiders where, you know, he made his, his home. Yeah. Uh, we'll later on in my list, we'll briefly touch on Bo Jackson too. Uh, if there's any Seahawks fans of old listening, they'll know why, but um Yeah. To, to let a guy like uh, Bo Jackson slip through your franchise's fingertips and you could have had him, you, mm-hmm. you got to be asking, what if? Do you think you guys mm-hmm. would have made a run at a Super Bowl way back in the day if you had Bo? We were pretty bad back then. <laughs> so not even he could. Um, <laughs> we were really bad back then in the 80s. Ugh, we were really bad. Uh, see, Seahawks were different. They were actually okay in the 80s, but in the in the late 70s when we first started and in the – 90s we were awful but we had an okay I mean, 80s we, we really didn't get anything going until the early you know late 90s early 2000s obviously culminating in that super bowl and then after that we kind of slid down again and here we are again yeah yeah well uh yeah bo jackson that's a that's a pretty big i'm sure maybe not mm-hmm. a lot of people know that he was actually initially uh, a buccaneers select yep. but uh yeah that that's a good one that's a good one uh, yeah, he was picked with the first overall pick. Oh, yikes. Number in 86. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I was going to say, too, on this list, I think, I mean, probably both our lists are the same in that regard, but to really be considered a big-time bust or a failure, I think you have to be a first-round selection that doesn't pound out. In a lot of ways, yes. Yeah, otherwise, you know, if, you, if you're a fifth-round guy that doesn't pan out, you're, you know, that's not necessarily yeah. shocking. So. All right, uh, Bo Jackson, that's a good one. Are we ready to take it over to the Seattle t- side of things? I, I I feel like you're asking yourself more than me. I'm asking I, I'm you if you it. got any more Bo Jackson things to lament. No, I, I am ready for it, man. I was born right. ready. So my number five guy, uh, he's actually, we could call him an expansion buddy too because he played Kyle for- Mitchell. <laughs> Kyle <Draft> Mitchell. Much. <laughs> Draft <laughs> bust. Uh, no, uh, my, my uh, entry here, he – he only played for two teams in his NFL career, us and you guys. So uh, Jeremy Stevens, our tight end, uh, former tight end. I It's kind of a weird name maybe that would not show up on a lot of people's list for this, for the Seahawks history, but I put him on here just because 
he was a first round selection out of Washington uh, in 2002. And he did come into the NFL with some off the field troubles, but he also had a lot of potential around him. And he was a, he was a very sought after talent that a lot that, you know, teams thought that they could make something happen for Seattle, obviously was the ones that pulled the trigger on him. Um, And, and I would argue that he should make this list just because a, his career numbers with Seattle weren't necessarily something definitely not first round talent numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, He only had uh, 15 touchdowns with Seattle, not even 1500 yards in five years with the Seahawks. Um, Now he was fairly instrumental in our 2005 season when we ran all the way to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 40. In fact, he scored Seattle's only touchdown in Super Bowl 40 against Pittsburgh, but he also had some pretty key mistakes in that game uh, that cost us penalties, cost us momentum, may have ended up costing us the game. That's really not a game I like to talk about. (laughs) But, uh, you know, so I I don't know, just – in the lens of hype around him than to what it turned out to be. Um, I I would have to say Jeremy Stevens is my number five guy on this list. But then, like I said, he went to, he went to you guys. And uh, again, his numbers weren't fantastic, but he played another four years in the NFL for Tampa Bay. So uh, yeah, uh, an expansion buddy to start our list. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll, we'll kick it back to you for number four for Tampa. So number four, um, this guy was before my time, but in, in researching our draft picks um, and who we've picked, I'm going to go with Gaines Adams. Do you know who he is? I do not. All right. Um, he did not play a super long time in the NFL, and he actually passed away it in 2010 due to cardiac arrest. He had some heart issues up through college, um, played for about three years in the league, um, he was drafted in 07, but he was a defensive end. He was supposed to be crazy good and, you know, be a premier piece on the defense. He ended up getting only two seasons with the Bucks and really was underperforming. Only had, um, he had six sacks as a rookie. So it started off promising, but in his entire career, he had seven and a half. So in, in his total time, he only racked up one and a half more from that rookie season in in uh after those you know first two seasons he got traded to the bears in 09 um and then passed away in 2010 so he didn't he didn't play end up playing with them very long but uh yeah you know for a fourth overall pick those numbers are not what we hoped for did not put up the production sad story all around but on a kind of interesting note, the trade that we – or the compensation that – or what we received back from the Bears in that trade eventually turned into the draft pick that was used by the Patriots to get Rob Gronkowski. Interesting. Who, funny enough, now on the Bucks. Ooh, full circle. Things full came circle. full circle. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I did not know any of that. I, I – uh... Like I said, I always said to you before you we went on the air tonight, uh, I don't really know some huge draft bus names out of Tampa Bay, 
but I did know Bo Jackson. And I think, I think I know another one you'll talk about later, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, So for Seattle, number four is quarterback Rick Meyer. Uh, We took him in the 1993 draft with the second overall pick. And he ended up only playing for Seattle for four years. And he was kind of like a, he was kind of like a go-between between uh, John Kitna and um, oh god, I'm drawing a blank on who came after Meyer, but I'm a horrible <laughs> fan. Like I said, we were bad in the '90s. It was not not a lot of memorable stuff out of Seattle in the '90s. But he came out of Notre Dame, and there was a lot of hype around him too. Um, but much like the guy you were just talking about, he also peaked in his rookie year, I would say he had a completion percentage that year of 56% and it only went down from there. He never had another season that good. And then uh, he, he also ended his career with Seattle with uh, 56 interceptions compared to only 41 touchdowns. That's not what you want out of a number two pick. And then also uh, that same draft, New England took a guy by the name of Drew Bledsoe. So it, <laughs> I think another way you can uh, determine the, the, the bust uh, magnitude is who you missed out on in that same draft, who you could have taken. Um, and obviously Drew Bledsoe didn't have like a banner career, but he had a way better career than Rick Meyer did. Uh, I don't know. A lot of people. I mean, Bledsoe was having a pretty good career. He, you know, right before he got hurt, he signed that 10 year deal. One of the very few 10 year or players to sign 10 year quarterback deals. Oh yeah. No, you can't argue that. But uh, you know, I just, a lot of people, what I was going to say, a lot of Seahawks fans might put Rick Meyer as like our number one or number two overall draft bus. I don't, I wouldn't put him that high. Uh, there's some names on this list that I would argue we uh, we screwed up a lot more than him. But yeah, for me, it's it's quarterback Rick Meyer at number four. Excellent. All right. Um, I don't know if it's excellent, but. <laughs> well, fair enough. I guess on to number three. Uh, number three, I got to say, I've, I ended up not. I really wanted to put Jameis Winston on here just because of all the pain he caused. But. I didn't. Okay. I did put Vernon Hargreaves on there. That's a name I, I recognize. have complained about him before. He was locker room cancer. He was drafted 11th overall. Um, he was projected as the number one. <sighs> I get angry thinking about him. He was projected <laughs> as the number one cornerback in the entire draft. He comes in, and to to put it to put it mildly, he just did not produce. He was, you know, he was not a first round talent. Uh, in, in my opinion, he had a lack of drive. He didn't put up enough work, and he obviously he got cut partway through his, you know, fifth season with the Bucks. He, he then went to Texas and is a backup for the Texans. You know, as a first-round pick, number one cornerback in the league 
was what, or in the draft, it, it, that's not good. No, no. Um, yeah. he he's literally known as one of the worst cornerbacks in the league. He 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 couldn't stay with people in in one on one coverage. Um, and ended up, you know, being one of the reasons that the Buccaneers defense at one point, um, led the league in pass yardage allowed. He was awful. And he just was so frustrating to watch because it it just, you could watch him and see he didn't want it. He had a couple of bright spots, I will say. Um, he intercepted and returned for a touchdown um, Jimmy G when we played the Niners, but like, oh God. one bright moment doesn't make a turret a block of gold. <laughs> anyway, oh my I get really mad thinking about him. And I, I really wanted to put Jameis Winston on this list with him, but. Is, is Jameis your honorable mention, your dishonorable mention? <sighs> yeah. And, and I can't even necessarily call him a bust, I guess. Because, like, if you look at it, he was pretty average at least. But I, I – no, I'd still say he's a bust, actually. I'm not even going to try to justify it. I'm done defending Jameis Winston. He, he's hurt you enough. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, that, that quarterback here was kind of a, a bust in general. Jameis and Mariota – we're both supposed to be, you know, I know it, it the pains, next big things. It pains me to say about Mariota and I still love Marcus, but he definitely didn't have the NFL career that uh, was anticipated. Hey, uh, man, I just, I think you got to go with me here. I'm done defending Jameis. You got to be done defending Mariota. I, I, we just got to stop. I can't, just compl- I can't much. be done completely. Yeah, it hurts. But uh, Mariota's uh, was, sidelined by injuries and constant changing at coach. And uh, we're not going to get into that, but uh, yeah, both of them did not pan out the way that people thought they would for sure. Coming out of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right. What are we on? Number three. Now you just did number number three, three. number three. Uh, My number three is linebacker, Aaron Curry. Uh, We, so I, I said earlier that for Seahawks fans, the entire nineties was kind of a, black it out Uh, if there was ever a other year that was like that it was 2009 everything about that year was awful and I don't like talking about it we were in a rebuilding period but the front office was too stupid to recognize it and thought we weren't and didn't treat us like a rebuilding team and it it, uh it it was a a really weird bad go-between between the Mike Holmgren era and the Pete Carroll era um but I'd say one of the biggest mistakes we made that year was drafting Aaron Curry uh, fourth overall in 2009 out of Wake Forest. Uh, he he kind of was seen as a must-have prospect. And a, a lot of people really liked the pick for Seattle when they made it. Um, I vaguely remember when it happened and there was a lot of talk about it. I was not as big of a football fan then, so I didn't really dissect it and dive into that pick as much as I would now. Mm-hmm. But... Um, he just had a, a subpar career with Seattle again for what he was expected to do. And then if you want to look at guys that we could have taken in that draft and again, didn't go on to have a banner career and this is a totally different position, but 
a lot of people think looking back that Seattle could have taken Mark Sanchez in 2009. Now in hindsight, I'm glad we didn't because I think that maybe would not have opened the door for Russell Wilson a few years later, but the prospect of reuniting Sanchez with Pete Carroll, Sanchez, uh, man, <laughs> uh, the prospect of reuniting him from Pete Carroll, the two USC boys, it could have been interesting at, uh, to say the least in Seattle and who knows. What yeah. I, I think Mark Sanchez has, has had an unfortunate NFL career. I think he got a bit of an unfair shake. Um, but it, what could have been with him and Pete Carroll? I think that's a really interesting mind game. Yeah, but like I said, instead, we went with Aaron Curry. He only ended up playing in the league for three years. Um, he only played two of those years with us, two and a half, I guess. Uh, and then he went to Oakland where he actually did better than he did in Seattle, but on his career. And again, he was a linebacker, uh, only forced two fumbles, never had an interception. Uh, I don't believe he even had a pass deflect. Uh, just, I think he only played in 35 total games or something like that. Maybe 40. It just was not good. Like just not good for the fourth overall pick and, uh, you know, uh, it didn't end up hurting us super long ways down the road. Obviously, it was just four years later, the Legion of Boom kind of came together. We had that really good defense. So it's not like we really missed out long term uh, in the linebacker area. But yeah, it just it feels more like a wasted pick, you know? Yeah. And that's I mean, that's part of a bust is a, it's a wasted pick. You could have because you always look back it's like, oh, my gosh the guy before him was a hall of famer. The guy after him was a hall of famer. And this is who we picked. I know, man. I know. It just, uh, like I said, 2009, bad time, bad time in Seahawks history. And I would like to just completely forget about it. So let's Fair enough. back to you. Number two, number two, a man that I think a lot of people will recognize the name of. He was a star quarterback in my, in Miami where he went to college. He because of that was the Buccaneers first overall pick in 1987. Um, I picked this guy number two because it was a name I recognized from way before I was, you know, football fan before I was even born. Vinny Testavarde. Oh, yep. 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 <laughs> um, he was a first round pick and you can think like he had a pretty good career with like um, the, the, the Browns to Ravens and then the Jets both times with the Jets, um, but with the Buccaneers, he was awful. He's a first-round pick, you know. We were really bad still at that point, but, you know, he was supposed to be our quarterback of the future, and he did have a 21-year-long NFL career, but he had six seasons of the Bucks quarterback where he only completed 52% of his passes. Half of his passes were complete. The other half, um, they might have been complete to the other team. He had 77 touchdowns in those six years and 112 interceptions. That's almost double. Oofty. It's it's so bad. Yikes. I can't pick quarterbacks. Yikes. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. It's terrible. And it it he he holds one of the 
he holds one of the records for one of the worst seasons for a quarterback of all time. In in 1988, he had 13 touchdowns and 35 interceptions. Oh. At least with Jameis Winston's you with Winston's Jameis Winston, you were also getting the touchdowns. <laughs> You're dead even, man. Dead even. 30 for 30. Exactly. This is just oh wow. Every every three interceptions almost we get a touchdown. That is not a good uh return. No, that is oh. not a good look for quarterback. And then obviously he goes on to have you know pretty good success. Um he was he was a pro bowler twice. Um you know, he didn't have, you know, the the best career. He didn't have a bunch of Super Bowls or anything, but he still, his stats, you know, <laughs> make him look pretty, pretty darn good. Yeah. He it's... ended up um, out of that deficit. I've, I found this super interesting. If you look at his touchdowns to interceptions, he, he ended up bringing it up. He had 275 touchdowns to 267 interceptions. So almost even, but he was in a heck of a hole when he left the Bucks. Yikes. That is interesting that he brought it up that much, but still to end your career even close to even on that is not still not good. <laughs> no, but, but still. yeah, it's so weird how some guys will just have a, just a, a poop career with one team and then go somewhere mm. else and turn it all around. And yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just, I think a lot of it is we, we put so much pressure on these guys that are selected in the first round and especially toward the top end of the first round. Um, and it's, it's a lot of hype to live up to. It is. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, he, he had a pretty good career outside of the box. Yeah. Well, and there's going to be, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just can say there's gonna be some young men in about a week who are going to realize uh, what it really means, what it all means to be, to be a top 10, top 15 pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to, and the sad fact of it is not all 15 or 10 or whatever we want to say are going to pan out. Like, yeah, you know, it just, it's one of those things that of course only time can tell, but hindsight's 2020 20 when you look at these things and it hurts sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, you better share your, um, number two pick. So my number two for the longest time was going to be my number one, but I, I last minute kind of bumped him back a spot on the list. Uh, he still could easily be number one, uh, really was just a historical mistake on Seattle's part. Uh, Brian Bosworth, the boss, as he was the boss, the boss man, another linebacker that, uh, um, the funny story. I have a student that, um, <laughs> he uh by by the guy that does our high school football announcing they call, he he calls them the boss because he's got the mullet and kind of has that same look oh boy i hope he uh, hopefully the kid uh the, it plays better than the boss <laughs> jeez man i mean we say we, he's a high schooler in i know grade, i know so. i know i know but relatively speaking uh yeah we we took uh the boss out of oklahoma in 1988 never heard of him yeah uh kidding (laughs) we got a guy who played three seasons uh 1987 throughout 1989 he played in 24 games total never forced a fumble or recovered a fumble excuse me i guess he forced three of them uh never had an interception never had 
Uh, I think he only had four sacks in his career. Just not good. And, and this is where I'm going to mention Bo Jackson. There's a in, famous for the Raiders, infamous for the Seahawks uh, play that comes to mind, a Monday night football game. Um, and we were hosting Oakland and th- there was a play where they were right down in like the five yard line or maybe even closer than that Oakland was. And they, they handed off to Bo and you know, this was going to be Boz's moment and he was going to go one-on-one. He's going to square him up and stop him. I think it might've been fourth down and Bo just ran him over like a herd of Buffalo. I just, just completely posterized him. Um, and like I said, it is one of the most infamous plays in Seahawks history, maybe besides another certain goal line play, but he just never heard of it. Yeah. Me neither. I don't know what you're talking about, but absolutely just embarrassed him on Monday night football. And that's kind of when it showed the country like, all right, you know, Bosworth was great in college at Oklahoma, but it's not, it's not going to work in the NFL. So, all right, without further ado, Let's hear your number one all-time Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft failure. This is – so he's number one for a couple of reasons. One, bad pick. Two, wasted draft pick. And three, dumb pick. (laughs) So so just bad pick three times is what I'm hearing. It's So it's stupid. I I will say it's not a first-round pick. It's a second-round pick. Okay. In the second round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in in 2016, in the second round, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers picked 59th overall. Oh, I know. Kicker, Roberto Aguayo. Florida State. Let's go Seminoles. Dude, I I didn't even think of that when we – oh, my goodness. I should have thought of that. That is not who I thought you were going to put on this list. Who'd you think it was going to be? I thought you were going to mention Josh Freeman. I, uh, to be fair, I don't know when I, he I, was selected, I, but, or did you guys did draft him though, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. He didn't just, okay. He was, oh, I actually just had to pick, um, uh, here we go. 2009 first round 17th overall. Okay. Um, well. he, uh, <laughs> alongside Jameis Winston are both, uh, honorable mentions. I really thought about putting Josh Freeman on here. I, I ended up putting Roberto Aguayo. That's all, totally fair. Probably, probably too high, but the amount of pain. Dude, to take a kicker second uh, in the second round, though, that's unheard of. I mean, I, what was it a few years ago? The Jags took, uh, I guess, more than a few now. They took a punter in the third round, though, because that's what started Rich Heisen's whole famous punters are people too uh-huh. campaign. Uh, but man... I don't mean to belittle kickers here, but they're a dime a dozen. Most of them, you can get them. Yeah, most kickers <laughs> are not drafted, especially a guy like Roberto Aguayo. Man, he was touted as like the best kicker in all of college football, and he was super good. He was he was with Florida State. He hit seventy one percent of field goals in his rookie season, which. You might think, oh, 70%. That's not bad. That's it's pr- pretty bad. That's really bad. He, <laughs> he missed nine 
on his career, he had 22 field goals made out of 31 attempted with his longest only being 43 yards. I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say only, but when, when you have people like Justin Tucker out there, like it's like 43 yards, that's it? Really? And it's just, again, it's, it's, he also missed uh, extra points. And it's just. Yeah, well, to miss extra points consistently at the NFL level is inexcusable. Yeah. You know, uh, believe me, don't I know it? We had a certain Blair Walsh for a while. Yeah. But to, I, that'd be like drafting a Blair Walsh in the second round. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, dude. That, that's a bad one. I kind of forgot about that one. That is definitely uh, worthy of the list. Yeah. He um, he finished the 2016 season, the year he was – the season he was – his rookie season with the worst field goal percentage in the NFL among kickers that attempted more than two field goals. He was out after the 2017 season. Yeah, you don't make it long. <laughs> with those kind of numbers no actually excuse me no during 20 season 2017's off season excuse me after his rookie year he was off he went to the bears excuse me he made it one year as a second round pick oh boy yeah i would be interested to know in the history of the draft how many kickers or punters specialists were taken in the second round ever there's might have been a few but in recent memory, that's the only one that comes to mind. And again, he he's, I would say, I guess, maybe not the biggest bust in our franchise, but because of the the what he cost us, the fact that our front office thought it was a good enough idea to draft him second overall, or second overall, in the second round, and how how much of a dud he ended up being. I remember he was touted to be like the next Vinatieri. Yeah. Like that's, and it just goes to show that college success does not always translate. It is still a jump up to the professional level. And uh, man, yeah, that, that's a bad one. That's a really bad one. So it makes, it makes me feel a little better about my number one. All right. Let's hear it. Uh, Do you recognize the name Dan McGuire? It sounds somewhat familiar, but I can't place it. Well, I'm surprised it sounds familiar at all. You shouldn't know it. No one should know it because he did nothing. He <laughs> was a nobody, man. Uh, a nobody. Dan McGuire was supposed to be the the franchise savior for the Seahawks in the 90s. Uh, 1991. Out of San Diego State, we took him 16th overall. Um, and, and it was my mistake. We did not miss out on Brett Favre uh, in the 80s, like I previously said. I was reading my wrong line on my notes. We missed out on Brett Favre here in 1991. Uh, Dan McGuire was uh, his best season. His best season, he passed for 578 yards and one touchdown. Nice. Three starts in seven games played. Yeah, that's that's was the top. That was the pinnacle. And I just, I don't know. 
it's probably a huge reason why the 90s were so bad for us. Um, obviously, you could sit here and play the what if game forever, but this whole Brett Favre thing, uh, if we would have taken Brett Favre in 91, later ended up, could have got Mike Holmgren, could have had that Packers success that they had in the, in the late 90s and brought it to Seattle. And instead, we had some of the worst years in our franchise's history. Uh, I don't know. It, it, was, it was just a debacle from the get-go. And I'm, I'm very glad I wasn't alive and a, a Cosignet fan when this happened because it would have ruined me. Ruined me. Uh, so yeah, Dan McGuire, 1991 draft. Uh, that's that's our number one. Not I don't know if it's as bad as a kicker in the second round, but it it definitely is up there. Yep. I mean, all this just goes to show, just like people before us and people after us will say, it's dang near impossible to truly gauge NFL talent. Yeah. Okay. Um, for for a draft. So we've been talking about the sad things uh, of where we screwed up off the top of your head, off the cuff. Let's to, to end it, this discussion on a happy note. What is one hidden gem, like the hidden gem that your team has drafted uh, in the later rounds or that just turned out to be Ooh, in the later rounds uh, or just turned out to be, you know, someone that wasn't as highly sought after, but turned out to be superstar caliber. Hmm, you're gonna have to give me a second to think about this. I'll go uh, first. You, you better go. Uh, yeah. The answer is pretty damn easy for me. Uh, a certain Russell Wilson. Who? Man. Oh, you, you never heard of this kid? Check him out. He's pretty good. Uh, yeah, Russell Wilson in the 2012 draft. We selected him in the third round. Uh, he was not expected to do anything in the NFL to even make an NFL roster because of his height. Uh, we had just signed the uh, supposed savior, Matt Flynn, to a huge contract, uh, at least money-wise, that offseason. And we took Russell Wilson. We're never expected to uh, get – he was probably not even going to get on the field in a lot of people's eyes. And I remember he had an excellent, excellent preseason that year. And, I, and specifically a game against the Chiefs in Kansas City just tore it apart and that's when Pete Carroll said, all right, this is an open QB competition. And uh, Russell made the most of that. And he beat out Matt Flynn and the rest is history. So, yeah, that's uh, that's the one the one bright spot that makes me feel a little bit better about everything we've been talking about tonight. All right. I actually had to go and double check this real quick because I couldn't remember if we had drafted him or picked him up as a free agent. But Scotty Miller, we drafted him in the sixth round. So if you don't know, Dang. he is a wide receiver. Um, sixth round, 208th overall. The guy had some pretty darn good touchdowns this last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, we also picked up Chris Godwin in the third, but I feel like that's not a late round pick. I mean, that's where we picked up Wilson. I would that's true, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. But, we we've got since Pete Carroll came in though, we've got a lot of guys in like the fifth and sixth round. Richard Sherman, I'm pretty sure, was a fifth-round guy. Hell, Doug Baldwin was undrafted. Uh, you know, I don't know. It just goes to show, like, the draft is a crapshoot. It is. I mean, 
look at i mean the famous one is tom brady obviously but let's dak prescott man he was yeah. like a fifth round pick yeah yeah who he i don't think he was ever meant to be a starter he was supposed to be like a backup and then got a shot and made the most of it yeah and, and that's the thing that those guys carry on their shoulder their entire career too that chip you know like you know mm-hmm. you should have you should have picked me all these teams passed on me and uh you know yeah it's uh it, like I said, the draft is, it's a crap shoot. You know, the guys who are at the top, a lot of times they do live up to the hype and pan out, you know, like uh, I would be surprised if Trevor Lawrence doesn't this year, but you don't know. And I don't know, all this talks got me hyped for this year's draft. And I know we're, still, I, I agree, dude. I am so hype. We're still a week out and Seattle does not have many picks at all this year, but I'm, Still excited to see, uh, A, what we can do with the few we do have and who's going to go where. And, you know, it's a fun time of year. It's a little bit of it's a yeah. slice of football in the offseason that we desperately need. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's, yeah, I mean, going to continue that, the draft, you know, who you're going to get, how they get evaluated is is a crapshoot, like you said. Again, going back to Dax Prescott, you know who was drafted before him? Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, um, both names that I mean, at this point, it, one of one of those three quarterbacks is trending upward. The other two, not as much. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's how it goes. I mean, Russell Wilson, the year he came in, one and two that year were Andrew Luck and RG three, and. You know, RG3. Now that's a name I haven't heard for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, of those three, Russ is obviously the only one still really playing. And yeah, uh, yeah it, it just, uh, you never know. But uh, there's, there's always some guys that show up in the later rounds, turn out to be steals. And there's always guys in the, in the first round that just don't pan out. And depending on how badly a franchise uh, screws up, it can be something that uh, really messes things up for years down the road too. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, this was, this whole idea for topic for this podcast was kind of your brainchild. You came up with a couple weeks ago and it was a good idea, but like I said, I knew by the time we were done with it, uh, I was going to be pretty bummed out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, you have those bad picks, and then you you offset them with the good ones. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you have the picks like Russell Wilson or, you know, Devin White mm-hmm. for for the Bucks, Or, man, you have, like, Levante David for the Bucks, Or, um, um... Got a guy like DK Metcalf for us. Yeah, DK Metcalf. My gosh, I could not think of somebody that you guys drafted. I was trying to think of first round picks. That was my problem. <laughs> that's that's one that people give the Eagles crap for missing out on. They 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 were a pick right uh, yep. behind Seattle or ahead of Seattle and uh, did not take DK. I bet they wish they would have now. Yeah, no. I bet a lot of people were like <laughs> DK Metcalf. Who would have known? So yeah. Um, uh, I don't know about you, sir, but I am I am sick of looking back at my team's failed past. I draft, I am so. too. Our our teams both have enough like history of sadness to last for a while. Yeah, they do. We we've had some good times recently, and I think you know in part that is 
due to good coaching staff that we've had and, and good front offices that we've had. Absolutely. I, this is one thing I will always look back fondly on on the Pete Carroll era in Seattle is how well the drafts Mm -hmm. have gone. Uh, He has had a knack for finding these hidden talents later in rounds. Uh, You know, say what you will about some of Pete's in-game decisional coaching, but uh, he is second to none when it comes to drafting. What what kind of in-game decisions are you talking about, Jared? I'm not getting into specifics. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The man calls too many timeouts too early in games, though. I'll give you that's one of them. Dude, ah, oh, man. Schmack, schmack, schmack. Chewing his gum angrily. Yeah, I, I can live with that. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I'm imitating him. Oh, yeah, smack, yeah. Smack, smack, timeout. Yeah, the gum thing. Maybe that's what it, maybe he just needs to change out the gum. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I guess that wraps up our, our, our pre pre draft episode next week will be the actual pre draft episode. We're going to have a couple guests on to talk about this year's draft, uh, who we think's going where. We'll probably mostly just talk about the first round. That's all anyone ever seems to talk about. Yep. Uh, we will not be all that uh, interesting. I think, um, to give you a bit of a clue in, I, I think what we're going to do is kind of go in depth on maybe the top 10 and then the rest of that first round kind of just say quickly. Otherwise our draft episode will be a million years long, but if you want a million year long draft episode, let us know on Twitter at the expansion B U one, or, you know, I was going to say, drop us a like on Facebook or Instagram, but we don't have those. No, we don't, Um, but you can interact with us on Twitter. Let us know what you want in in future episodes you know this was a lot of fun for us um i think jared and i are kind of both tired today so maybe we don't sound as excited as we are but we both i think had a lot of fun doing this it is always fun to like delve back into our team's histories it's something we haven't done a lot of and we haven't really got a chance to because it's just been you know uh big news story after big news story after big news story in the sports world so we wanted to kind of take it back a little bit with this one um and just kind of look back on our franchises it's something we hope to do more of uh in some capacity down the line or just get out of the normal rut of talking about current events in sports but uh, yeah this this was a fun one to do and like i said this was your idea and it was a good one i have exactly three good ideas a year so well don't you expect just... any more of them uh, well you sh- my math is correct you should still have two more this year yes um, I mean, I think I've used them in the school too. I was going to say, you need to save them all for this, man. Yeah, that's true. This is the most important thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, thank you all for tuning in to uh, another episode of the expansion buddies, a little blast to the past with this one. Uh, we appreciate you all listening wherever you listen, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find us on all of those platforms. We'll publish for you every Thursday, just as if we have done this Thursday. And uh, Justin, never forget. Party like it's 1976.